Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Josh Thoughts official sports podcast. And we're hopping back in. Today, we're going to talk about Urban Meyer and why he is such a disaster in Jacksonville right now and basically what's going wrong. So, to examine the situation, we have to, you know, go back. I know I've talked a little bit about Urban before with his previous um, gaffe. So, basically... Urban Meyer, very successful college coach, won many, many um, titles in college football, um, most famous for his time at Ohio State, and he basically comes into the NFL, gets the Jacksonville Jaguars job, and then is thrust into a completely different situation. Earlier this year, he got in trouble because, one... Um, there were pictures of him online with, uh, basically his entire hand up a college girl's ass. Meanwhile, this is a man who's married, so say with that what you will. That's, you know, that's cheating. That's kind of a more, uh, domestic personal issue. But the larger gaffe, really, here that was hidden underneath it was the fact that after a game in Cincinnati, Ohio, he chose to not fly with his team back to Jacksonville Instead, staying in Ohio, where he went to the bar, and then, you know, yada yada, um, groping college girls. Not saying it was non-consensual, but it's just one of those things where it's a horrible look. Because from the one hand, your team just lost. You're the leader. On the way back, you should be going over film. You should be, you know, basically working to become better. And if not, at least go with your team as a sign of solidarity. He chose... chooses to basically um, not stay with his team, give some lame excuse that it's about family or something, that he wanted to spend time with his family. I'm sure he did, but really, you know, he just wanted to fuck off and go drink and do whatever the hell too. So don't give the excuses about family and then cheat on your wife three seconds later. I mean, it's it's really just an embarrassing situation. Somehow he survives that. Um... Because apparently Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, doesn't understand how to admit when he's made a mistake. Um, you know, he's a person with a lot of money, so I guess he just assumes everything he does is going to be successful. And even if he makes a mistake, he wants to at least uh, commit to it for a few years, you know, basically increasing the damage, you know, the collateral damage that Urban Meyer's causing. And the Jaguars aren't good this year. I think they've won two games. I think they're 2-11 and 11 right now as it's shaking out. And, and a lot of information and bad things have been leaking out of the Jaguars organization. And then Urban, his response to this in the media has been, well, if there is a source, they're unemployed immediately. Yeah, well, how are you going to find out when nobody on the team likes you? So some of the information coming out we have a receiver who gets in an altercation with Urban Meyer because basically he says that um, Urban has been relentlessly criticizing the receiver group. So that's one thing. Um, They get into an altercation, then this player is benched, but then Trevor Lawrence asks, why is this player benched? And Urban immediately puts the player back in. So... I mean, you have a situation here where I think Urban actually might feel a bit beholden to Trevor Lawrence. Maybe that's the only real connection that's happening here. 
maybe that's the last thing where if he loses Trevor Lawrence, then maybe he will be fired, even though he probably already should have been fired. But at the same time, his contract has, you know, multi-million dollar buyouts because this is, you know, an extremely pampered and privileged individual. And I honestly find this whole situation with Urban Meyer just really, really fucking sad. And also proof that people are successful does not necessarily mean they're, one, good at what they do, or two, good at doing different things. Because I will admit that from college to the NFL, there is a bit of a difference. So I'm not going to say that, oh, Urban is just a bad head coach now. But at the same time, so for people who don't understand... Urban is considered a CEO-style coach. So what does that mean? What it means is you actually don't do any of the nitty-gritty yourself. You simply delegate to other individuals that you put in a position of responsibility. So basically what that means is, in a football standpoint, he might provide some kind of general advice or pointers here and there. But he's not actually coming up with the offensive game plan, calling the plays, coming up with the defensive game plan, calling the plays, choosing the personnel specifically. Like, he might have input in some of these areas, but with the CEO-style coach, they don't actually involve themselves also into the schematics. So the opposite of that CEO-style coach, I mean, there's there's certain CEO-style coaches in the NFL that are pretty successful right now. You know, Bruce Arians is a great example I can think of. Um, But a lot of the best coaches are the other kind, which would be the Bill Belichick, you know, the Sean Paytons of the world. These are guys who are heavily involved in the nitty-gritty details of the scheme and controlling every little detail. So basically with the CEO-style coach, um, in college, the college game is about recruiting. It's about getting better players. If you have better players, because all the schematics are fairly simple, these are kids... And, you know, basically, it's an arms race. So, Urban being, I don't view a a successful college coach just based on winning. Because if you're at a good school, or if you have a good recruiting program, or if you're just a good salesman, this is a quality that a lot of college coaches have, is they're more salespeople than actual football tacticians. They just get good players on board, and then it doesn't matter if the schematics or whatever. You know, the reason why Nick Saban is so good is because he's double. Not only is he not a CEO-style coach, he's an incredible recruiter, and he has great schemes and great schematics. Some other teams in college maybe don't have such great schemes. And then some teams in college are the opposite, where the players aren't as good, but maybe their scheme can take them over the top and have them punching above their weight in certain areas. So long story short, the reason I say this is with the CEO-style coach, your coordinators become extremely important because they are basically controlling the product of football you're going to put on the field. And when a person goes from college to the NFL, there's another big concern. So not only do you have, you know, Urban can't take his entire staff from Ohio State, but even if they do take the entire staff, the the schematics are different. So it still is a question of are his coordinators NFL caliber? And we don't know that. And would he even know how to identify an NFL caliber coordinator if he doesn't really know schematics too deeply? You know, and it's not that I'm saying he doesn't know anything about schematics, but it's not like we're blown away with what's happening in Jacksonville. So I'm not, I'm not going to sit here. I mean, if he, 
if he was Bill Belichick, his coordinators would be fired. Even if he, if he knew as much as Bill Belichick and was a CEO-style coach, he'd get better coordinators. I know there are better ones out there, you know, and whether they would come to Jacksonville or not is a different story. But, um, you know, not impressive what they've put on the field so far. The other massive concern moving up a level is in the NFL, all the talent is the same level, basically. There, there is definitely more and less talented players in the NFL, but it's a lot tighter of a spread, and making little tiny decisions is really going to have ripple effects down the road in terms of the level of players that you acquire and have on your squad. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a salary cap. So one team can't just sign all the best players. You have to get players that are good for the value, and you have to, you know, consider the value of draft picks and all this, and you have to kind of, you know, there's a lot of calculating that goes on with it. And Jacksonville already has a relatively depleted roster. You know, they've lost some of their best players. You know, Jalen Ramsey is gone. Leonard Fournette is gone. These are pieces that you can use on championship caliber teams that they've lost over the past year. So they're rebuilding. But when you're rebuilding, it seems odd to me to take somebody as a coach who has not been rebuilding, who basically has had a better team and has always been facing inferior competition. So... At the end of the day, you have this situation that's, from my perspective, already really precarious. Because you have a guy who is basically pseudo-unqualified, to be honest, to be an NFL coach. And what we've seen has only confirmed those details. You know, I think if he had come in with some new kind of offense and done some exciting things a la a Cliff Kingsbury, it would be more exciting. But, you know, and with Cliff too, I think a lot of his thing was being able to change as a coach because obviously the run and gun wasn't just going to work. Five wideouts and going every time, like it wasn't going to, you know, you have to eventually evolve, and he did. And, um, yeah. That's why I think, you know, Cliff is doing really decently well right now with the Cardinals and in only a couple of years has that team in a way better position. But you look, go back to Urban Meyer. So here's the other thing that came out. Other than the wide receiver confrontation, you have hypothetically or supposedly, I should say, there's a meeting with coaches where Urban Meyer basically says, I'm a winner. Now each of you defend your own resume whether he called them losers or not we don't know but he basically went person by person and asked them to defend their resume to him and the one thing that comes up with all of this is urban meyer has successfully been externalizing all of the blame that anybody has put on him all of the blame has been externalized to outer sources and i think he honestly believes that all of the winning he did at Ohio State must have been, you know, he he forgets that there was a massive team and organization involved. He thinks it was just him. So now that he's in Jacksonville, it's like he's mad that he's not winning because he literally thinks, 
well, I'm a winner. I always win. So if I'm not winning, all these people must be losers. So he's calling everybody losers. He's reaming everybody out. He's coaching everybody way too hard. I mean, it's basically, these are coaching strategies. Just pissing your players off. That's something that might work if you have better talent than everybody else. But I mean, it's just fucking pathetic from an, from an NFL perspective. And you have a guy who is treating millionaires. These players are full-grown adults. They're not college kids. They're not, you know, dependent on you for their scholarship and, and their livelihood. And yet Urban is walking around treating everybody like absolute shit. And it's, it's funny to think that he would think that that would even be close to acceptable. Because now you have people who are actually grown men millionaires, secure in their financial situations, they are people who demand respect. They're not people who are simply going to be trodden over by an individual for any reason, for any reason. You know, I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, the only time you can actually treat people with disrespect and really have the upper hand over them is when they are dependent on you for whatever, their livelihood, this, that... Like, that is an inherently precarious situation to begin with. Um, but, but yet, Urban is trying to create this dynamic at the NFL level, which isn't working. So everybody's leaking information. And then he's, like, mad. He's thinking he's going to find the individual. You're not going to find them. You think anybody cares? It, it's, it's a popularity contest in terms of who tells you what and who really does you favors. And the dude is losing drastically. Like, if people like you in the NFL, they stick up for you, they say good things about you. If people don't like you, they're not doing you any favors behind closed doors. I mean, it's just an instance where a, a pompous, arrogant individual who, who thinks they have qualifications high above what's realistic comes into a situation completely unprepared, enabled by another somewhat arrogant individual. I don't want to say... You know, pompous with Shad Khan, because fundamentally sticking to a decision, I think, makes sense to let it run its course a bit. But there has to be a level of arrogance with this when you see the, the tire fire that's becoming the dumpster fire. He has talented players. The problem isn't that the Jacksonville Jaguars are losing. The problem is how they're losing. Certain teams lose in an exciting way. You know, you look at the Bengals, you look at the Chargers. Those are teams that have hope. You know, obviously they have more wins. But they're doing more innovative, exciting things. And they're on a journey, you know, a journey of trying to become something better. You know, you look at teams like the Steelers, who are at a talent deficit in many areas. And Mike Tomlin has his ways to motivate his guys and get them doing certain special things that's going to put them over the top. And here you have Urban Meyer calling everybody losers, reaming everybody out and treating them like children. Treating grown men like children who... Are, are as good or better at what their job is than he is at what his job is. And I can't believe a person who's outside the schematics and isn't hands-on is really going to take that kind of approach with individuals. I mean, what what is Bruce Arians' approach with individuals? Do you think anyone on their team does not feel respected by Bruce Arians? I mean, he'll he'll tell them the truth, but he's a person who they can all look up to and have a relationship with, you know, and maybe not even look up to, but see as a as a legitimate person, see as a as a friend in some ways. You know, and the same with Tom Brady. Like this is the reason of 
do you think Tom Brady got this far by making his teammates feel worse than him and feel like they're on a lower level than him? No. It's all about creating that relationship and understanding that because this is a team, everybody's contribution is going to matter. You know, it's just we can talk about coaching philosophy all day, but at the end of the day with Urban Meyer, it's just... It's hilarious. It's hilarious that he would go on this kind of a this kind of a tear through his own organization. You know, not bringing any value. I mean, am I impressed with their draft picks? Besides, I mean, they had the first pick. They picked Trevor Lawrence. I mean, is that like? I mean, I could have done that. Anybody off the street could have done that. Basically, I'll be seventy percent of football fans. I mean, it's just. It's ridiculous. And he's going around the room one by one asking these guys, what have you done? What have you done? I've done. I won this. I won that. I had all these years here. I did all this. Say I. Like like he was the only one involved in all that. But but all these guys. It, it's like they have no value if they've, if they've had an unsuccessful stint. I mean, good players can be surrounded by bad things. I mean, we, we've seen Matt Stafford. You know, we've seen... Tom Brady when the Patriots team was completely depleted and there was no players left on it. I mean, his last year, everybody thought he was done. It wasn't that he was done. It's just he didn't have a supporting cast around him. I mean, it's just, it's, it really is infuriating because every single person, if you live long enough and you try enough different things, you're going to have a certain thing in your life that you're not good at for whatever reason. Or you're going to have a certain sport where, you know, you're the shining spot, but you can't pull the team to the next level. And if you haven't experienced that, you might be ignorant to it forever if you can't understand and listen to other people's stories. I mean, Tom Brady couldn't get the starting job at Michigan his last year there. And he wasn't as good as he is now for a lot of different reasons. But he had a lot in him, and people didn't see it. And that helped him motivate himself to get better, certainly. But at the same time as that, you know, by this, by, by Urban Meyer's logic, you know, Tom Brady's a complete loser as he's coming out of Michigan. He can't even have a, you know, he can't, yeah, sure, he won a couple games, you know, he won a couple big games, whatever, but couldn't even get the starting job. So really, if you think about it, you know, it's like you can hold all a bunch of extraneous circumstances around people, or you could actually look at the situation and see, well, independent of the rest of what's happening around, what is this person doing? I mean, can a good player exist on a bad team? Like in football where a hundred people are on the field? I mean, yes, we know that's true. Can a good coach be on a bad staff and a poor program, poorly run program? So it's just the, the substance is the substance. Being good at coaching is being good at coaching. It's, it's, and it's not so you know simple to quantify, but having a variety of schemes, having different ways to attack, understanding how to sequence plays. You put all these things together, and that's how you get good coaches. You know, it has nothing to do with what's happened in the past. It has nothing to do with your record. You know, what's happened in that individual's life in the past is their own history. You know. I mean, but at the same time, there's there's freeloaders on great teams, too. I mean, there's people on the bench of 
championship teams that go there. And not that they didn't help, because maybe they did do something really important in practice or whatever. You know, we will never know. But there's there it goes both ways. In terms of just the result doesn't necessarily mean the individual value and quality is so good by itself. You have to look within that. Tom Brady... I don't view Tom Brady as the GOAT because he has seven rings. I view him as the GOAT because of how he got those seven rings and what happened in those games and how he impacted his teammates. You know, so so Urban Meyer, I'll give him props of, okay, you did a dec- you did a good job as a college coach. You know, you're probably a great recruiter. You know, you manage things from above. Good for you with college kids. This is the NFL. You have now you have maybe a lower quality of players than your opponent, so you basically need to outcoach them if you even want to have a chance to win. And yet he brings no schematics, but at the same time is willing to pick apart every little issue he sees on the team. It's just uh it's it's infuriating. And it's infuriating that he's making as much money as he is while he's doing it. I think it's proof to all Americans and should be that it's absolute bullshit that individuals like this get into this type of a position. And I think in the future, um, owners should be more diligent about understanding what kind of coaches they're actually signing up on. I mean, when when a college coach gets hired, a lot of the more successful coaches were coordinators in college because they were involved with schematics and they bring unique schematical schemes. Schematical schemes. Well, they bring unique schemes to the NFL game or maybe something basic but with a twist to it or they have a specialty of being really good at sequencing or whatever it is. And sequencing, for people that don't know, just to clarify, it's when you run a set order of plays that keeps the defense off balance. So, you know, maybe one play, you do a run really short that's well blocked up. Then they're trying to worry about that. Then you might fake the run, do a play-action pass, and hit somebody while they're sucked up to get the run. And you can go on and on like this and, and do patterns. Of, and there's so many levels to it, doing thing, and then changing things based on what they're doing, you know, trying to predict how they're going to change what they're doing. Yeah, so it's, you know... It goes on and on, and there's a lot of different, you know, there's there's hundreds of thousands of different strategies that these football coaches employ. Um, and this is the kind of stuff that, you know, Belichick and Peyton and Shanahan, this is what these guys live for. They love this stuff. Um, Urban Meyer, not so much. I think he loves winning and winning easily and making money while he does it. And cheating on his wife while he's at it. And having players under his thumb. Treating him like he's all-powerful. I think that's what he likes. Um, and I think Shot Khan likes losing money. Making the Jacksonville team work. I mean, yeah. Obviously, he doesn't like losing money. He's just acting that way right now by keeping Urban Meyer around. Sorry about that. Uh, got a little bit angry there. Had a go on a bit of a rant about our boy Urban, you know. Um, yeah. So, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna cut it off there, guys. I've, I've ranted enough about Urban. Complete embarrassment, complete disappointment. Um, more ammunition to the argument that college coaches, head college coaches, do not make good NFL coaches. And, um, 
we're going to call it there, guys. That has been the official Josh Thought Sports Podcast. And I'll see you guys later.